You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Take one. Knock, knock. Who dis? Receiving a Dana and we can't believe you thought I'd look in podcast. It's podcast. We're so glad you're listening to it. We would never listen to it. I don't even want to listen to it to edit it. I don't even want to wake up in the morning. Stephen and Dana and we're in the room. Well, now all my wine is gone. <laughs> what a bumpy start. <laughs> Welcome in the rumors to In the Room podcast with Stephen and Dana. I'm Dana. I'm Stephen. And you just missed a whole other podcast of behind the scenes um, AV club. <laughs> Riveting content. Ooh, of, of me just giving looks to my computer. I mean, not cute. what else What else have we been doing the last 30 days? Oh, man. I don't know. What have you been up to? Uh, let's see. I started a cross-stitch. What's the patron? Uh, oh, it's a large vintage Disneyland poster advertising the new Alice in Wonderland ride. Trippy. Yes. Love it. I haven't been crafty at all, honey at all let's get right into it with our guest this week because <laughs> he's probably fallen asleep and drooling on my heart out passed an hour ago <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna call this one the heart out featuring john yeah. arthur hill yes. Hi. So yeah, you have 59 <laughs> seconds. Go hit it hard now. Oh my um, god. What's your favorite thing about me? Oh my god. My favorite thing about you is that you really do take your time uh, when you're not in technical technical difficulties. Really spin me into an anger. Um, just like the Moab, mother of all bombs, and you really kept your cool. You only said the F word, you know, like 50 times and you like looked really mad. And like, then you just dropped all visual. So I couldn't see the nasty looks you were giving your screen, AKA Mimi. And I really like your hair. Thank Even you I think so really nice. much. Thank you so much. I showered for you today. I shaved for you today. It was like maybe eight days or nine days of like not shaving. And I don't know. Oh my God. I, I, my so roommate I, I deserves more. Her- 
I kept my ring light on for you guys, even though we've lost visual, and I have not shorn my body hair on my face for four weeks, and it is, it's, it, it tells you a lot about your hormones um, and your your um, poten- your 23andMe potential, you know what I'm saying? Are you, are you like, a scraggle muffin? I mm. would look like a Hasidic <gasps> Jew. If I did not oh shave God. for four weeks, I've been doing Keep once talking. a week and my Keep face talking. itches. Wait, Steven, oh. could you grow a full, like, bushy beard? In What's 14 your facial days. hair? Really? Okay. That's so interesting oh, I to me. Yeah, you I'm an Ashkenazi stuff. Jew. Like, what's your question? Oh, God, that would be so hot. Do you know I how think. hot that is to me? Yeah, I'm. it's the hottest. Right? Keep talking because yeah. this is like um, not a. What's the porn version of ASMR? ASMR, PSMR, Ash- Ashkenazi MR, Ashkenazi You're an absolute <laughs> idiot. Um, well, thank you. That's a great thing to um, infer about. Thank me. you so much for having me on the show. I've been. I, I love your show. I'm a huge fan. I love you guys. Thank you for having me. Um, <gasps> I'm already Thank exhausted. you for coming. You've yeah. been on the Google dream. document forever. <laughs> forever. Uh, well, I'm glad you got around to me. It just took a pandemic and everyone else going through the list. And to get well, to listen, me, it's fine. I'm here. Very hard to keep track of geographically speaking. That is true. I am all over the place. Yeah, I didn't so realize you lived try. in LA. That doesn't even make sense to me. It makes no sense. Except I travel with a ring light in my purse. I think I'm getting one for my birthday. Oh, everyone needs one. There is no reason not to have one. Like they sell them at CBS. Like the real one. Yeah, like with a tripod. Yeah. Yeah, something a little higher. I have like a clippy one from Target that was $10. Um, Uh Uh-huh. It has a cool light, a warm light, and a mixed light. Uh, And I use it during therapy. Yeah. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel on. It makes you feel caffeinated. Caffeinated. Yeah, just... yeah, I think there's like a $47 one on Amazon right now that's like the three choice light options and a tripod. Uh-huh. So that's what we're getting, I think. Oh my god. Well, uh, I can I can I can I cannot see you all, but see you all in my mind having them. Yeah, you your all skin look looks so good. Fierce. Yeah. You're As glowing. we age, it's all about lighting. So yeah, That's and like all I have to benefit say about that. for Perfecto, which they sell in vending machines in the airport. So how are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm I, good. Yeah, all things considered, we are holding up. The kitchen yeah. um, experiments continue. What are you doing? How are you oh, adjusting, same. acclimating, evolving? Well, I was in New York, you know, when all of this kind of um, hit the fan. And then I got out of there on the 11th. My show at 54 Below was the 11th. I left the 12th. And then from then, uh, from that day on, I would have been quarantined in this apartment with a boyfriend mm-hmm. who I was really only had been boyfriends with for like not a long time. So now we live together. So that's been a journey. Oh, yeah. God. It's a whole thing. Yeah. And like, are people telling their quarantine stories right now? I feel like it's a little bit like in 10 years, maybe we will. It's a little bit like early and boring, but like, yeah, I have been baking a lot. Um, I think that it's been like a relationship with the dogs. It's been experience. It's been kind of an experience. Like we're we're so together. It's like I'm codependent with the dogs, and it's like I roll my Absolutely. eyes at them. Like, oh, that habit of yours, and it's like, oh, you learned it from me. Like it's just like complicated. Mm. 
absolutely yeah yeah i have a roommate and a very small apartment and oh jesus god no uh, (laughs) we love each other so that's great and um you know you pick Mm. your battles so i mean Mm -hmm. he's using the kitchen right now he bought a huge monitor for work so now he has like a huge monitor and two little computers like on the kitchen table and i'm just like so that's your office now queen breathe (laughs) The kitchen, my kitchen table is my office. My beautiful boyfriend is a lovely photographer and he took, is using the bedroom, lovely, beautiful desk for his desktop to edit photos. And I was like, oh, my my office, which was also the bed. So if you want to take a nap, if you were doing a little desk work, could be the, the huge bed. But now, and then we just ate lunch before starting this podcast, which officially started an hour ago. But um, we <laughs> sat down to eat lunch and all my shit was over the table. And I was like, you know what? This is my desk and our kitchen. So we're just going to have to live with the ring light on it, the laptop on it, and talk about auditions and being in the room. Yeah, Odd. you yes. really got to figure that shit out. Like he was working out in his room, which is a bit smaller. And I was like, you know what? If you mm. want to work out in mine, which doesn't have an overhead light when you're pumping iron, like go right ahead. <laughs> just not, need to communicate, you know? Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. I can't imagine being stuck with awful. someone you hate. Oh, God. I just can't imagine. I, I worry about I those can't. people. I know. Is it better? Wait, what do you think? Is it better to be alone or to be with someone you love and are learning about or to be with someone just to have someone? I think... Uh, my preference, not necessarily my truth, but not necessarily not, I'd say my preference is be with someone you love, then be alone, then be with someone you anything else but love. But you can't, you can't huh? But you can't, you have to choose it's, one. Like, are you, are you not quarantining just with one, one Percy purse? No, we're totally quarantined with just, it's us and our friend who was going to be moving when all this started oh. and then he didn't. So we were like, listen, it's week one get in here and stay yeah. here but also um, steven i have here. to say you. you've yeah. never lived with this friend that is in your apartment now so that's a whole nother mm. layer of oh now we're quarantining and it's not just a sleepover like now i have to understand how you live and like totally. all of that so yeah it's just another and, person yeah and that's where our home office um tension came to be because everyone had a door to close except me and i realized <gasps> wait a minute my name's on this lease. I need a door. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, so we, you, you know, we negotiated the doors. Yep. And that's Important. been helpful. I oh, think you need a door. A door does wonders, even if you have to instantly just put a beaded curtain on. Like butterflies are freestyle, you know. <laughs> totally. Just right out of Oriental Trading, I can just pick the one I want and it'll be. Yeah, go to Pearl. Oh, Pearl, that place closed. Pearl River anyway. No, it's back, and, but different location. It's not the same. Oh, okay. Okay. I love that place. John Arthur Hill. Um, Here for you. You are a producer, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, what what is the word called? Yeah. Producer, writer. Uh, radio uh, host. Multi-hyphenate. Yeah. A yeah, multi-hyphenate, yeah. an actor, yeah. a model. Mm-hmm. Mm, uh, world class. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. Comedian. Take comedian. You're a comedian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like um, Charlotte Ray. 
Yeah, you're like a like if Bruce Valanche and Phyllis Diller yeah. had a baby. Oh, that's really good, actually. Yeah, because yeah. like supposedly smart, but maybe just a, like whatever, you know. But just also, like, like, like you a... can. I but say one Bruce Valanche because he can also like do his own shows. But you know what? He's the brain and the fucking Looney Tune voice behind a lot of stuff that people mm-hmm. are well, laughing I... at. Yes, you know what? I, the last time I saw him was when I saw Knives Out. He was on the front <gasps> row, and I sat Why? next to him. I yeah. loved and Knives Out. I love Knives Out, and so did Bruce Valanche. And um, right. so, yeah, I sat, I walked into the arc light, and I was like, hi, love Bruce Valanche. We were in Hairspray together, and I love I loved that. Yeah, because I have been, that was how my TV career started, was being with people and kind of giving them funny things to say, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the on the spot, a lot. Of, I'm so not as rich are... as Bruce Valanche. <laughs> You're rich in a lot of things. Yeah, I'm rich in ring light and the twenty five dollar ring light. Yeah, um, yeah. Got a lot of things going on. I, I I do my little little uh serious shows, kind of like you guys do your pods, and we we speak. We 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 do our we do us. Mm-hmm. That's all people want, actually. I think. I'm really happy to be able to do I, at this point I've always been I always felt like I um the best thing I the thing I do best is to is to be myself and it's it's always gone wrong or it's always gone tits up when I've uh, tried to squeeze into a box that didn't uh or someone else's box if you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and so like you know um, me being uh, being paid to be myself is, is really the best job to have for anybody but really I can't do anything else but really but be me because yeah. aren't I fascinating? Sorry, go ahead. You are, honey. And and what uh, is that the frequency that you're on right now? Like the Kenneth? the the feels? Like is that your optimal mm. place where you're happy in what you do? Yeah, and right. And so now you know the young children are you know they really can do everything. They can direct. They can edit. They can write. They can produce. They can act and everything. But when I first came to LA, like you know, I remember the day YouTube started. It was like. I could do all this stuff on my own and I could, but it wasn't as embraced at that point. And so a couple of years later, and by that point I just needed jobs. So I kind of stopped mm-hmm. like, you know, why living in Mark Shaman's guest house and like messing around with videos for, you know, like, and I was like, well, I need an actual job now. So I kind of had to grow up. So um, now that things have come around, people are, you know, open to content that people are making on their own um, and writing, producing, directing. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of experience doing all those things. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that is it. I like, I like um, speaking on the radio. I like talking, uh, you know, getting up in the morning. I co-host Andy Cohen's show on Sirius XM in the mornings. I love doing that. We have our thing down. Um, mm-hmm. And you're with your friend. Feeling... Like, what's, what's fucking bad? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. You guys know the drill. Isn't it the best? Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, there's the such world. a freedom that comes with, I mean, we're not on the waves, but... And it's not just because it's not visual, but it seems like there's um, an, an intimacy that gets lost in television or uh, bigger things with other stimulus. When it's just somebody's voice, be it on a podcast or a radio or anywhere where you're just listening, you, you hear it different. What, you're so right. When I'm watching a television show, no matter if I am 
Uh, well, actually, I've noticed that most people watch TV on their phone while it's on the screen, and they have to then stop and say what just happened, or they <laughs> nudge each other and say, "Ugh, I can't believe you just missed that!" Oh, like it's frustrating, but that. it's but it's such a good, it's such a habit to be on your phone, refreshing, you know. Uh, and it's, mm-hmm. it's it's terrible; you get nothing done. So, but yes, I totally agree. I think there's something really nice about. Uh, just speaking and having a conversation. People want to hear uh, discourse. They want to hear a chat. They want to hear people talk and not without um, it's just like pleasantries and, and fakeness. I mean, I've been completely, I've been nothing but fake this entire time. But I think You've in general, been nothing right. but completely pleasant. So I'll take it. Oh, I'm cutting oh. all of this. So oh, good. Thank God. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah. So you, God, you have so many things on your plate that you're doing are, are you still are you producing a tv show at this moment in time um not as i i used to just take like kind of i was kind of a tv show to tv show consulting producer i worked my way up from mm-hmm. being kind of like a director field producer you know consulting producer unofficial writer um on a lot of like docu-series which were kind of comedic but supposed to be quote-unquote um real like i did i worked on uh, right. kathy griffin b-list um yes. and shows that were you know heavily written but um made to look like documentaries lots of mm-hmm. those shows and um so i went from show to show to show you know for years and then i kind of started doing studio shows you know i did project runway and top chef and a bunch of those shows just to kind of get a diverse resume and Mm then um and then i worked late night i worked to watch what happens live and wrote on that show for four years and then um came out to la to do more just kind of writing and selling scripts so in terms of producing i am in the fact in the sense that i am selling shows going around pitching shows putting together shows with my agent and manager and doing the very very douchey um thing that like an uber driver would tell you about if he was or she was driving you around town saying hey i got a project you want to hear about it you know i do that (laughs) without the driving around i just i say like how about this project vicente bungalow's life yes or Um, the bungs i'm 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 bung hard i'm bung death by bung bunga bunga are you are you hard for the bung? Yeah, no, I'm bung, I'm bung, I'm bunged out. <laughs> You're bunged out. Yeah, I think yeah. I went there once and I was like, ooh, this is something. This is something else. The San Vicente <gasps> bungalow used to be a sex club. Did you know that? Shut up. I didn't. I believe it. though. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it used to be like a sex club, and that's why like it's so like gritty to go there and like it and, and like all in, like <laughs> exclusive. Yeah, um, so and so, yeah, like back in like the way, like, you know, olden times. It's like you enter through a bush. You enter through a bush, <laughs> which is fitting. And you oh like, this is from, yeah. The only other sex club that I know of is The Zone. And it's right by the Sirius XM studios um, that I used to go to before COVID. Um, and I can look out the window at the studio and see people coming out of the zone. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, Neil Patrick Harris. I'm just kidding. Life is happening every day. What a fierce day view. Is. What a fierce view. Oh, my God, the view is here. Oh, my God. My, my view right now, even with my ring light blaring my, my, my <laughs> um, eyes out of my skull, I can see just nothing but trees, blue sky, and a cactus that's dying. But it's my fault because I didn't water it. But, hey, 
who said they need water? Cactus is. I was going to say, um, that's really hard to do. I, okay, I don't want to like just skim over the fact that you lived in Mark Shaman's back guest house. What was that like? Yeah. Tell me everything. Okay, so Mark, Mark, when he was, Mark, when Mark Shaman was in LA, he came to LA kind of when Bette Midler was transitioning, transitioning, you know, expanding. Well, not expanding either, but you know what I mean? Uh, she, when she was, you know, bra- okay, her career was blossoming and she was becoming yes. a movie star and doing all those tri-star films and blah, blah, yes, blah. So yes, kind yes, of, yes. The, the late know, 80s was, when she had a yes. Disney contract. Yeah, the, you know, big business and the, you know, outrageous fortunes. So he was out here, you know, um, <sighs> beaches and all that stuff. So he had this house. It's the best house still known to man, to me, my dream house. It was a little, a little cottage. Then they <sighs> said, let's build a modern house next to it because they're making all this money because he's making movies like Adam's Family. So, you know, hundred hundred. he's in the $100 million movie club, which means he's made more Good movies like over 10 movies that have made a hundred million dollars at the box office, like the, like mm-hmm. these huge movies, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So then they built this like modern house next to it. Then they built a two story state of the art studio. So it became a compound mm-hmm. that was legendary when I was in Harrisbury in New York and Linda Hart would be like, Oh my God, you don't know the LA house is a compound. Oh my God. Linda and Hart. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I ran into Linda Hart at Gelson's in <gasps> the produce, in the produce department. This is like, not, this is like, a while back i have no sense of time and i was like going through gelson's looking for like you know lettuce or whatever and i see her pushing a cart or this i saw this person in a beret and i was like linda and she was like oh my god i i knew that she knew me i knew that she knew we had done a show together eight nights a week for three years Uh or or one at least and she grabbed me but i don't know if she really knew who i was but i knew she Uh knew that that was a familiar arm to grab and she was like i've just been robbed and i was like <gasps> here at gelson and she was like no no i she's like no up at the house the police are looking through everything thank god they only took half of my jewels and i was no. like well what are you doing and she's like i just we're going to our friend's house to stay there and i i told him i would just bring food over and i was like well do you need help and then she was kind of like, no. And then she just wandered off. <gasps> okay, you guys. Um, Linda That's Hart. That's the most bizarre story <laughs> I have for, ever for heard. Yes. Sorry. Also, anyway, so she- <laughs> Linda Hart was my first Mazeppa. Oh, what? What is that? In in that Bette Midler oh Gypsy. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, yes, yeah, she's Linda Hart Gypsy. has an amazing. She's trip. one of Bette Midler's. Linda uh, Hart might have turned. She was the original Harlettes, like with Jennifer Lewis and all those folks. I mean, she was the yes. white Harlette. I feel like my yes. career is going to follow quite a similar path as Linda Hart. I feel like I'm like never going to step on a stage until I'm 50, which of course is like in three weeks. But like, and then I'm all of a sudden just going to be like back in a hit Broadway show. Just like wait for it, trust. But also, like, start buying berets. I'm sure you could find like. Six for and a jewelry. dollar on Amazon, and jewelry, yeah, big and chunky jewelry. When I'm in a Gelson's, a statement and, necklace. Oh my god! So back to the story. I so the, I when I went to LA, I said to Mark, I was like, "Listen, I'm going to LA. I'm going to start selling TV shows and like living the bi-coastal life because I'm like such a superstar." And he was like, "Sure, live in the guest house. The guest house being like the cute like um, 
ancient cottage where like that midler would stay and she has like famous stories about like plates of cocaine flying in the carpet and like she does she does a famous interview at the in front of the staircase like it's a legendary house best view in the world best vibe it's like brigadoon you drive up this big hill and like it's a misty canyon and i lived there for like i hate to say this like a really a a freaking long time and when i was up there i thought i got so much done i got like a lot of like laughing done that's good that adds yours uh, to your life I got a lot of um, videos done with Lucian Piani, who had lost his mind. Is that like RuPaul's Drag Race, Lucian? Yeah, I got him that okay, job. Okay, great. Great. Got it. <laughs> he was my roommate for two years. LA oh has been God. an experience. It's been a journey. All right, back to your question. I lived well, in Well, no, that was like your Mark Shaman stories that also include Linda Hart. Um, that's my porn, so thank you. That's well, so good. I lived at Mark Shaman's house, and Katie Leonard, who played Luann in the original cast of Hairspray, lived at Kristen Bell's house across the hill. So no we way. would just go back and forth to each other's, um, like more richer friends' home where we would live, and just like whichever pantry was better to raid that day, we would oh, just stay there well, and listen, just like, like hang out. Kristen Bell that. and Dax Shepard have talked about this a lot, like they've well, Kristen before Dax uh, famously housed so many people uh, coming oh, yeah. to LA who, oh, yeah. you know, without that leg up, without not having to pay rent, um, you know, <laughs> that's a huge deal. And oh, a you, you want to know? I don't know how people something... do it without. Yeah, no, we and 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 it um it it, it oof. I mean, did it help me? Who knows? But like I, Kristen, also speaking, I don't think I've told anyone this. Um, or at least uh, any sort news. of recording. Yeah, breaking news. She got, a, I didn't have a car really. I kind of, my car, my I, I was driving my friend's car and then she was like, it was diesel. And she was like, hey, I'm going to give my car to this peanut oil company that's turning old diesel cars into cars that run on peanut oil. And I'm like, no, I'll just keep the car. And she's like, no, I'm going to donate for the environment. I'm like, well, fuck you. I don't have a car now. And then she was like, no, I'm taking the car. So then Kristen was like, well, you should just take my Jetta because I get a free Lexus if I drive one on Veronica Mars. So I have this like Jetta sitting around. So I drove her Jetta for six months and I shit my pants in it once. I had diarrhea oh in it. Oh my God, what a queen. Okay, I don't want to stop you on yeah. that story either. Go ahead. That's <laughs> that the end of the story. <laughs> That's not the end of the story. No, I had to How go did you, Were you on the way to a meeting or like were you I was, just going yeah. home? No, I was on the way to meet Kristen's agent at UTA and I I, I had to I have I had the diarrhea and then I went to the meeting anyway. That's the kind of um backwards brain I have. Huh. Oh. Needless to say, they didn't sign me. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what it could have been. <laughs> Guy. I feel yeah. like if you would have been honest in that moment, you would have been signed. They would have been like, maybe this guys maybe. really got it. Yeah, they. I think yeah, yeah. I, sh- I was like, you know what? I came in, but I really I shit my pants. I gotta go. I don't know. Well, who knows? But Kristen's a super generous um, lady. Love her. Yes. She's the greatest. Love, so love, was Mark. Love. He's a lady. God. In waiting. In waiting. In waiting, speaking of, am I giving you what you need? <laughs> no, I'm cutting all of this until we find something that's really, really good. Um, okay. No, this is everything. <laughs> no, well, I don't, John, so I'm yes, also a reality yes, yes, TV yes. producer. 
Okay, great. Fantastic. I feel, yes, fantastic. Um, I hated it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, if it's not your bag, it's not your bag. But we both worked with Tim Gunn, who is Amazing. the most, the in, speaking of generous people, I mean, he's just the the dolliest of dolls. He's he's uh, a doll. Is someone playing like the Bette Midler version of Gypsy in the background? <laughs> Linda Hart? Is Ms. Zeppa? Gotta you gotta get a gimmick. Yeah. Once in a while, doing her we live on a corner light. and people like to go around it and blast the music real loud and that's what that was. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a nice little, it keeps you on your toes around here. Well, so what kind of reality shows? So are you still producing reality TV? Yeah, so I work for a company. I'm not freelance. So I don't, right, I, nice. I don't have the luxury of hopping around. That's not a luxury. It's better to work at a company that you oh, that's enjoy. That's right. I have the luxury of being staff. So we're, we work mm-hmm. on documentary films. We did uh, The Best Worst Thing That Ever Could Have Happened, that Merrily doc. Um, Amazing. And then Great. We, thanks. And then, um, yeah, we do like Hotel Impossible on the Travel Channel and like Investigation Discovery and stuff for Amazon. And I don't know. It's just all over the place. So, Are you allowed um, to say the name of the company? Um, it's called Atlas Media. And okay. Yeah. That's what's happening. Great. Great. Yeah. Just, you know, that th- the reason I don't love reality TV is because I don't love drama that doesn't end up on TV. And a lot of the drama on reality television happens behind the scenes. And it's a lot of, mm. it's kind of petty. There's a lot of stress. I take it. I internalize that stress. I like to, uh, I don't like that in my personal life. And I take it home with me. I can't shake it. And it has taken a toll on me mentally. So I had mm-hmm. to step away from doing reality shows because I do not like conversations about shit that doesn't matter. I don't like conversations, except for this one. Uh, I don't like conversations. <laughs> Just in general. About stuff because people want to seem like they're doing a job when they're not doing anything. I'd rather people not do anything, do their job in 30 minutes and go home. I was really good at being the EP shower and boss of shows, but I was not good at being the person who just would watch problems waiting to be solved. I knew the solution, but no one else wanted to do the solution because of egos. A lot of that goes down in reality TV for me and I couldn't handle it. So I moved to scripted. Yeah, and to late yeah. night joke writing. Joke writing is great. You write the joke, everyone laughs. Yay, we have a good time. You write a joke, it tanks, it sucks. Everyone still laughs because how funny is that that you wrote a bad joke? Done. I bet. You know? <laughs> so fun. So that's my take. Is that deep? Cut it. <laughs> no, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, those those things are all true. For sure. Like there's a and lot people, of just like Reality TV isn't new anymore, you know? So people... Are, they think that they know the formula and yeah. they know that they're playing a character. And so it's really hard totally. to... At the end of the day, having done theater my entire life, um, I was not a good auditioner I did, or, or, or whatever. Maybe I was at some point, but I, I didn't feel like I was made to be just an actor or just a singer or, or anything. I felt like I had a lot of different skills. Um, but at the end of the day, with reality television in particular, I felt like, you know, philosophically, when this is all said and done, if there's a pandemic, 
or you know the world like crumbles into ashes. What do I want to say? I left behind a reality show where Tori Spelling and Dean McDermott went and looked at bed and breakfasts, or do I want to say I left behind an essay about how I like was behind the scenes giving my first hand job at Little Night Music Community Theater in Texas when I was 14. I think that the one. latter. Honestly, like yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, or like, do I want to leave behind a story I thought of and told someone that entertained someone? Not, did I, did I put me in a grinder to just keep something on the television screen? I wasn't, I, I didn't watch TV growing up a lot. We were highly censored. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not in my, oh God, there's a siren. Um, so like, I, it's not really in my, um, bones to say like, what, like what TV can I You said bone, I I said marrow. Oh my God. I know that makes sense. There's a sexual joke there, I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. But you you also get to live your, your alter, alter ego life as Helvetica. Yeah. I do. I do. And you know what? People (laughs) like it. I, I had a really rough time, like. I felt she was very annoying and such a ripoff that I thought, well, you know, whatever. She's entertaining, so she's back. I love it. You're so stupid. It's I am so stupid. And, and I'm much funnier it. as her than I am as myself. That's fun. I have to ask you a question that is so... I'm sure you've, you're done talking about this for the last mm, 15 or so years, but... I'm not tired I have to, I've never talked with you about Bear, which was, is a huge part of like my theater story growing was up. Was it? Okay. It was. How, where did I you was, grow up? I grew up in Thousand Oaks, California. Oh my God. I went to Pepperdine. Hello. You were right over the corner. You were like a child when I was in college, huh? <laughs> I wouldn't say child, but um, sure. Uh so bear, I was like, I was coming of age where like moving to New York was now mm. in the um, near immediate future. And that's when bear was happening here. And I was like, oh, it was kind of the first time I got my finger on the pulse of like what's happening right now in New York, as opposed to, ooh, what's like the next Sondheim show I can learn. Um, right. So bear was so that. Like, bear was kind right. of like my yeah. gateway drug Hedwig, into Hedwig the, like, that for me when I was first moving to New York. Had, had yeah. Been, it, it it let me into the door a little bit of like this is what's going on that isn't on the boards. Yes. yes. In your face all the time. Like here's the other stuff. How'd you hear about it again? Oh, the internet. Probably the internet. Yeah, yeah and that, that sampler. Exactly. That 11 track. Oh my God, I'm barely on that. I wore that thing down. I hear I hear that from people. Gosh, it's I love hearing that people love that show. I love it. I never get sick of hearing that. It makes me so happy. Um, the, uh, someone posted about it yesterday and I got messages. Yes, like, you, know, you are on Bygone Broadway. Bygone Broadway. And like, it's so nice. I love having been in that experience. That was a one of a kind uh, moment, and it and it did hit hard for a lot of people. And it was um, a, a pivotal ro- moment in each of those people's lives in that show at that mm-hmm. time, and changed mm-hmm. everybody. I think. I've seen. I saw. I have a bootleg of your production. Um, okay. So I've, wow. I've seen that, and I've, I saw one production of it out in Long Island um, mm. when I moved here. 
How does it yeah. hold up? Oh, and I saw it off Broadway later. Um, how does it hold up? For, for me, it's nostalgic. I don't know. I don't know how it holds up now because I haven't watched it through the lens of today. Watched it, haven't seen it um, mm-hmm. through the lens of today. But, you know, whenever I listen to it, I'm in my Saturn, you know, cruising the streets. <laughs> Just melting at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday uh, on my way to Del Taco. Right. And you're, um, you're a Peter, you're, you're a Peter person, right? <laughs> um, I mean, no one wants to be the Jason. No one wants to be me. Well, but I could sing that part because I'm not a tenor. So My that part. was, yeah. 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 I could sing that a lot easier than I could sing Michael Arden. The tough thing about that show was that it was weird because I had done Chris and Miss Saigon. I had done high tenor roles and I, I technically was, but the, the, the score and the way it was written, it, there were, there were a lot of like miscommunications between me and Damon rest in peace about how it should sound. And I didn't, I, I don't think I ever fully understood how he wanted it to sound. Um, and I think my voice, what didn't have the right quality for what he envisioned um, because I mean, I can wail, I can give you a top, honey, but, um, oh. but yeah, it's, it's supposed to be kind of like, I think more of like, it, at that point it was supposed to be more of like a, like, um, like a silky pop, um, voice, you know? And I think I had more of a musical theater moment that I was trying to hide. <laughs> well, God bless it. You let those wow. colors shine at John Hill. Oh, yeah. That, that was that show was intense. I hit my head on a uh, beam at, at one point, and then I had to right, right before I, uh, yeah, like we 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 had to like move in the dark, and I, right before I um, overdose on drugs and then die and kill myself, and while singing uh, on stage, I ran backstage and I ran headfirst into a pole, and I will never forget it. I still feel it to this day. Like if I'm on a roller coaster and my brain is, you know, I can feel like I don't have enough like spinal fluid. I like, I feel like I hit my head really hard. I went on stage and it wasn't even acting. Like I literally like died. And then, um, you know, as, <laughs> as you, as you may or may not have um, seen in the bootleg, everyone, like I die and then they carry my body off stage because I die. Mm-hmm. I, over, I overdose on GHB, um, which is a, which was a, a really sh- uh, hip um, trendy way to kill yourself in those days. Um, <laughs> so that's how I died. Um, it was funny because like we, there's a lot of practice of like they were they they wanted to really show that like I I drank too much. I I drank the GHB, and I took the moment to decide I'm just gonna drink this whole thing. <laughs> I I just. There were a lot of questions that I will I will speak and they can denounce me if they must, but the whole thing was a large conversation of like, is like what a little bit of like a what? Like be- between Michael and myself and Natalie and Adam Fleming, like there was a lot of just questions of like, is is this the you know, like is will I is the tragedy here that I will drink this GHB and kill myself during Romeo and Juliet? And then die. Like maybe it's a wrist slit. I don't know. Like there was just a lot of like big conversations of like, 
and they're like, no, GHB, like that's what's happening like right now, super current, like super, super, super current. And it was like, all right. So we're going to practice doing this GHB OD moment. And they're like, okay, we're going to have a special on the bottle. And if it's okay with you, we're going to put a tiny little drop of fluorescent oil in the liquid so that the <gasps> audience can really see that it's liquid that you're drinking. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Well, that, then I, you are, I am, I am going to kill myself then. Um, so go for it. Um, just kill me slowly, like in hush with Gwyneth Paltrow and, Jessica Lang. So like fine. Yeah. Um kill me. Uh so we did that. We had to practice that a lot. And I was like, can I just say to someone, not that I'm like, you know, outing myself as a drug, drug addict, but like this isn't enough. <laughs> it was like a tiny little <laughs> bottle. I was like, give me like a two liter, like, you know, big gulp. Like this is not gonna kill a man of my size. Pardon my I don't know, size. <laughs> excuse my beauty (laughs) (laughs) your beauty is excused is that where you first uh met natalie or did you guys know each other prior no natalie and i'm at auditions amazing and there were there i know i know what they were doing they were trying out blondes and blondes because they were fraternal brother and sisters and natalie is was brunette at the time and i was brunette at the time and i was like oh it's either me and this bitch or it's either that dude and that bitch Mm. and then I was like no and then I knew that like I was older enough seeming than Michael I was older than Michael like three years older but like I knew that like Michael and I were a pair I don't know it's I I I was kind of like oh we're this is who it's gonna be because we all kind of fit together um and Natalie and I looked like we could be fraternal twin brother and sister Mm -hmm. thank god thank god I mean, we've melded into one. I'm her Bruce Valanche. I write her shows. Yes. Yes, her brilliant writing. Brilliant writing. One Won the uh, New York Musical Theater Festival Award. Did, did it not? I, I don't know if the one that I wrote won that, but I, wait, it did. Was it Full Bush? Full, full Bush, I, full I believe. Bush. Yes. Oh, listen. Can I tell you? Full Bush was ahead of its goddamn time. There's a trilogy. <laughs> yes, it was. Bring it back. There's a there's a trilogy. Relentless was the first one. Full Bush was the second all. one. And the Raging Case was the last one. I believe. No. Yeah. Maybe that was the was it called the Raging Case? You saw all three? You have not seen all three. I've seen all three. <gasps> well then I like have, I have my fucking program from Full Bush. Are you kidding me? Wait, do you oh, I love you for that. Like I feel like this is my favorite thing about me. I feel like no one has seen my best work, including Bear. The show was on for four weeks. It was on for literally, no, eight weeks. It was on for literally like two months. No um, one knows you like Stephen Ferrazzi knows you. And oh. oh my God, that makes me so happy. And no, like, how many times did we even do Full Bush? Like three? <laughs> Once? <laughs> I was going to say two or three. I mean, I dry humped her exposed her vagina, wrote the, uh, yeah, okay. Well, Full Bush, you're talking to an award-winning person here. I'm so excited for myself. Hello, we've never had one of those before. Oh, lies. Um, we how, am have... I, how, am I, how, how, how am I doing? Tell me, give me feedback. You're so perfect. We're gonna let you go soon. Um, I was just gonna, we have a question that we ask all of our guests that we have not asked you yet, which is. Hi, ho! 
There are seven very well-known dwarves. If you were the eighth dwarf, what would your name be? Mm. Okay, can you name the other seven? <laughs> Doc, right. bashful, sleepy, sneezy. Uh, grumpy. Grumpy. Bashful. Yeah. Okay. No, I think I'll think about it. Like I was thinking. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the names of um, the reindeer. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm like Blitzen's taken. Um, okay. Can't be Prancer. Um, okay. I would be if I was a dwarf. I would be just like emo. I, I, no, I, I'd be like um, no, no, no. I would be um, a Luffy. I would be aloof. I would be aloof. Or shady. Aloofy Either shady dwarf. shady or aloofy. I'd definitely be aloofy. I sure. like aloofy because shady's already taken. Yeah. I'm aloofy aloofy. It's too yeah, I'm definitely aloofy. That fits. Aloofy. I like it. <laughs> I'm gonna think of you now every time I reach for my loofah. Like if you ask some of the people that like when I back when I was like young and like really um like cunty, I'm sure that one's taken as well. Like, mm-hmm. um, the nicest way they can put it about my behavior back then was aloof. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. Or could it be des- desperate <laughs> Desperate dwarf? Desperado? Oh, that's cute. Desperado. I, we'll stick with the loofy. <laughs> um, and Let's then our other question email. that you kind of answered yeah. at the top without us having to ask it as we usually ask uh, first impressions what your first impression of each of us was but enough about me let's talk about you what do you think of me <laughs> well dana my i mean my first impression of dana no but dana can you please forgive me yes. we have not met before uh not really oh we, we met very oh briefly God. but it wasn't it wasn't even like a, a conversation it was Where? at um just this past year at green, Nata- room. green room natalie oh, show the, the it was i was with my it was sister very, and yes niece. yes i was very concerned because my niece was you know 16 and she saw those dicks and butts in the videos and the thing yes yeah, okay. yes yes yeah. um yeah it was basically a handshake and hello Great. And of course, um, Fariz, I will always remember. My first impression was, um, I guess, becoming what well, we were friends, kind of like social media friends first. And then in real life, I felt like we had known each other for years. And it was like lots of like on my part. I'm sorry if I like um, Harvey Weinstein, you like grabbed you and groped you and like held you close to me, like, you know, like forced your like face into the nuzzlement of my collarbone tenderness it's like mastercard the only place i want to be oh yeah god. priceless oh my god oh. <laughs> genius hold me closer tiny dancer okay speaking of mastercard matt morrison and i did a mastercard commercial that had never saw the light of day because it was too creepy pre <gasps> oh. hairspray that's how we knew each other that's how we got recommended for the job to replace him really when he when he became link yeah. That hairspray family is so close and it makes me so happy to see all these years later, uh, all of you still like hanging out and loving each other and 
like living your dreams. Living our dreams. I was on um, Seth's show, Seth Rudensky's show with Mark Shaman last night uh, and Jennifer Lewis, and we had a, a little hairspray moment mm-hmm. and Carrie Butler as well. Yeah, but um, Jennifer yeah, Matt Lewis, and I, were in I saw in hairspray when I first moved here. She was my motor mouth. Oh, and it's when you moved to New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I had returned to the show, tail tucked between my legs after barefolded and gone back. So you might have seen me probably like standing in the back with like my middle yeah. finger at the audience. Dana, it's your playbill. <laughs> yeah, I was there to it. see my friend Kurt Hansen. Um, Love Kurt. Oh, so cute. In his first Broadway sheer. Yeah. Adorable. Adorable. I'm sure I terrorized him. He deserves it. 100%. All right. Do I get to be the narcissist who returns the question and asks you what your first impression of me was? And be honest. Okay. I'm ready. I mean, my first impression of you, again, was Bear. I I had the biggest crush on you all through high school, but I was not gay yet. So nobody could know about it. But you, you were my secret crush. You were my, like, covers with the flashlight. <gasps> New York crush. Whoa. That's real. Like a, okay. Like a physical crush? Like a physical crush. Okay. ASMR me. Great. Great. Okay. And, Dana, if you can be John honest. Hill. John Hill. John Hill, I might have to offline with you and tell you my first impression. <laughs> it's real it it was bad no no not on your part (laughs) (laughs) on your on your your part not on your part i just i just i find you to be incredibly talented and super stupid and those are the the highest quality compliments i can give someone okay yeah, in your work, like in your writing, I appreciate how like deep into the barrel you reach to get the right joke at the right time. It's yeah. so, so fun to watch. I'll I'll let you know. I'll offline with you. It's so triggering. I hate it. I hate it. Um, that is so. Well, I'm so glad that um I could bring that into your world, even if it was slightly painful for a second. But um, I'm glad that it brought us all together and full circle. And right now, and oh my god, you're both queens. And thank you for having me. Oh, I love you so much. You're I'm so glad you're finally on our program and that we didn't even have to be in the same place to do it. And now we know. I have so many yeah. more things to share with you and I want to know so many more things. But oh my God. where so can many. people find you online? Oh, yeah, please do. Please, please come to me on social media. Uh, John Arthur Hill. That is uh, the Instagram. And on, on Twitter, I'm the boss of you, which is just my old handle from when I was like young. <laughs> but I'm keeping it until someone really rich wants to. I know. Well, until someone wants to buy it, like I can't you imagine like someone rich is gonna want like to own that name, and that's the only way I'm ever gonna make any money in life. Anyway, so that's where you can find me. Um, a serious Mondays, Wednesdays. Um, now it's Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, 10 a.m. New York time, 7 a.m. LA time. Thursdays, my show, The Feels, at um, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And uh, that's all on Radio Andy on Andy Cohen's channel on Sirius XM. Listen. Thank you so much. All right. You're an actual queen. Um, you're an actual queen. We always, we always end in accord. Bye. 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 Bye.
In the Room with Stephen and Dana is produced by Stephen Farizee and Dana Craig. Special thanks to Joel Wagoner for tinkling the ivories on our theme song. Hit him up at joelwagoner.com. We apologize, and you're welcome. We'd also like to thank Jesse Weiner, W-I-E-N-E-R, for our jazzy original music sprinkled throughout each episode. You can find him at jessewiener.com. Last but certainly not least, we'd like to thank Kevin Thomas Garcia for taking all of our ridiculous photos. You can find him online at ktgnyc.com. We are all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at In The Room Pod. Follow us, like us, share us, pimp us out. And don't forget to subscribe to In The Room Podcast. We everywhere, so subscribe. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.